0: metalheads after going to a rager what's your ultimate go-to mine is totally pizza so when overload is playing or i'm promoting the metal forge live showcases or the big goddamn metal show i go to pizza donisi pizza donisi is gourmet artisan pizza from right here in louisville kentucky It features things like the pizza of the month, the sandwiches, and also vegetarian and vegan options. Which is so totally fucking cool for all all of, it's, it's awesome pizza. You definitely want to go. Hey, and also, from time to time, they do cannolis. Oh, so fucking good. You know what they said, man. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Yeah, just like that in Godfather. They're located right next to the Mag Bar at 1396 South 2nd Street. So either stop in or call in at 502-213-0488. They're open till midnight. The witching hour.
1: Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbit!
0: Hey Metalheads, you won't hear me talk about Magbar all the time. It is the home to the Metal Forge Live showcases and is an integral stop in the ultimate underground metal tour schedule. They obviously feature live music, but the Magbar also has daily specials like Pint and Slice Night on Tuesdays with Pizza Donisi. But they also do Bring Your Own Vinyl on Thursdays with DJ Kent Jackson and Finer Things Sundays. Located right next to Pizza Donisi at 1398 South 2nd Street. Open 3 p.m. to 4 a.m. seven days a week. Get your asses out to the Mag Bar. Rocco. 45 years, in keeping Louisville weird, Electric Ladyland has been there for all your eccentricities. While they do offer the best smoking supplies out on the market today, there's a whole lot more to check out. From ashtrays and blacklight posters, to records, incense, and burners, and items to stock your metaphysical supply. They're open from 10 to 10, 7 days a week, Located at 2325 Bardstown Road in Louisville, Kentucky. And at ElectricLadyLand420.com. Roll out.
1: In a broken wasteland, I've come to my fire. At place of blood and steel, Upon my fire, oh, this is the metal force. This is the metal force. This is the metal force.
0: What's going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson, and I am your host. How the hell are you all doing this week? Holy hell, we are already two weeks into the new year. New things coming. Awesome things coming. As you know, fucking Flamekeeper is kicking ass with the Alehorn, the Mudhorn, the Metal Forge, a and battery, and metal on a budget, and all of our own sleeves super fucking rad awesomeness. I love everybody who's taking part and helping out with this. Also, thank you to the to the sponsors this year. Uh, Magbar, Pizza Denisi, uh, Electric Lady Land, uh, Aegis Art, Tattoo and Piercing. Hell fucking yes love everybody and the friends of the metal forge and everybody on flame keeper as well you know maxwell's house of music in jeffersonville indiana along with shade beast in athens georgia uh, the night demon heavy metal podcast if you have ghosts you have everything uh, and so many more check out uh, everybody else like creeping death designs and uh, soul grinder zine they're so fucking awesome Uh, along with Unchained Tapes and uh, Mercenary Press. Like, fucking hell yeah. I am so excited that this year, 2024, we have already got amazing guests lined up. And this week's is another one. Again, this is a Reforged episode with Brian Omer from Stonecutters. His original episode actually debuted on 3-6-2020, of 2020, just before the world went to shit. They were actually, by the time that episode aired, uh, they were that was the first date of their tour, the March Radness tour with Lich King and Toxic Ruin. They were doing, they were supporting like Carved in Time and stuff like that. And I believe the Living Dead uh, single, which was totally fucking rad. I didn't get a chance to make it to that uh, because obviously the world shut down and our show was one of the last ones on the tour. Uh, it was like their one home show, but two years later, it it, it actually worked its way out. Uh, the tour went back on. It was pretty much the same lineup except for some things and everything. But now Brian is back. He's he's here. He's waiting. He's like tapping his feet over here. I don't know if you can hear it or not, but he is actually here in studio. Uh, another cool thing about the episode from. Uh, uh, 2020 was, uh, we had actually recorded that on a Wednesday night after he got off work and we had to meet at a Starbucks because it was the, like the closest thing. We didn't have a lot of time and it was recorded, uh, probably in uh middle of February at the time. And so this is a this is an interesting deal we're doing these again you know in the winter months so seems like a pretty cool thing he, you know Brian does the deal where he you know he gets the promotion out of the way now so he can do the shows later <laughs> dig that but yeah uh, it was the fucking they were banging shit around by the end of the interview because they were almost ready to close they weren't even it was like, they were doing all of the chores before the the shift was over kind of thing, so they didn't have to stay late, which I get that, and that's cool, but it's just like nobody asked us to leave, but, like, they were just being fucking obnoxious, and and I get it, but, you know, ask, ask, you know. But, yeah, uh, I was a little bit more timid on the on the monologue. I'm like, yeah, uh,
1: apparently Ozzy,
0: and, and now I just don't give a fuck because i've been doing this for so long now and i love doing this this is like this gives me the life breath of metal you know i absolutely fucking love this and it's so fucking fun to talk to so many of these bands like i said i've got such an awesome fucking lineup for you all uh, going into uh, the beginning of the year. It's going to be hard to top the beginning of the year, almost just as it was last year with the beginning, uh, like with Incantation and Dave Ellison and Becky Baldwin and uh, Athanar from Midnight. It was just like, holy shit, a lot of heavy hitters earlier in the year. But I totally dig it. I love it. I am so excited for it. Also, we are promoting... Uh, Tomorrow night at the Magbar, the Bat Wizard, Stonecutter's Bat Wizard. Ah, no, wait a second. I just repeated that again. No, it's the Stonecutter's Bat Wizard Split 7-inch, the Stone Wizard, uh, from Third House Communications being released uh, tomorrow at the Magbar, which by the time this is airing will be on uh, Friday, January 12th of 2024. So, sorry if you're listening to this in like 10 years from now on a radio wave out in space. It's not actually tomorrow. In our minuscule fucking, like, little fucking ball of fucking whatever we are. Plasma, fucking water, and land. Uh, it was tomorrow. <laughs> but hell yeah. I I'm So I'm looking forward to that. Also, Stonecutters are gonna have their uh, new Eye of the Skull vinyl there as well. This is kind of an, an, an uh, official release for that. Uh, and Batwizard is going to have their other 7-inch uh, available as well. So you'll be able to get all kinds of fucking awesome band vinyl tomorrow uh, at Magbar. So check that fucking out. I will be there. If you're there, come grab a fucking picture. We'll tag it on the webs and shit and, you know, do the thing and all the stuff because that's fucking cool, right? I don't know, is it? But anyways, what shows are you all looking forward to this year? Uh, I was, It was interesting because I was looking at the Saxon Uriah Heat uh, co-headline tour of all these live nation venues with Jason Gardner the other day. And it's really fucking cool, but like on April 28th. They're going to be at the Mercury Ballroom here in Louisville. Standing room only kind of shit. It's it's an okay club. I like it, but like I said, it's standing room only unless you get the VIP stuff and then you're on a balcony, which is cool too. But like but it's great. It, the seats on the balcony are great. I'll give them that. It's just fucking the, the drink prices everybody gets pissed about. And I don't drink, but, you know, when you're charging $6 for a water and, you know, $9 to $14 for beer and $14 for any liquor, yeah, that's hardcore. But, yeah. So then... Uh, Shortly hereafter, they're going to be in Cincinnati on May 17th, which is a two-hour drive from Louisville. And then on May 21st, they're going to be in Nashville, Indiana, which is like 40 minutes north of me. It's like at at, at Brown County Music Center, which used to be uh, like the Little Nashville Opry back in the day, if you're familiar with that place. A lot of cool shows went through there. Back years ago, uh, but yeah, so it's like I have the chance to see Uriah Heep three times in a month, and Saxon as well, which I've seen Saxon with Motorhead. And fuck yeah, definitely gonna go for that uh, for the uh, you know the new tour. I, I I'm really wanting to do it. It's the Hellfire and uh, Chaos tour, the best of British rock and metal. Saxon and Uriah Heat. So that's cool though, and. Yeah, just some of these cities, man. They're they're awesome. You know, they're gonna like I said, St. Charles, Illinois, Joliet, Marietta. It, it, I'm just digging it, you know. So, anyways, I've been rambling on. Rambling. On. No, no, Zeppelin. We are a Sabbath family in this house, right? Fuck yeah. I've been rambling for a while now. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and play some fucking Stonecutters. I'm gonna go back to almost the beginning. I think what we're gonna do. I'm gonna play something off of Christ Hammer. This is I Woodlock. Yeah. Right, metalheads, we are back this week with a reforged episode, and if you go back to March of 2020, wow. We you know, we just had Chris Black here on the Metal Forge, uh, who's the first podcast guest back in twenty twenty. Now we've got another First year uh, alumni back in the Metal Forge, Mr. Brian Omer from Stonecutter's My Own Victim, Louisville legend, guitar player, singer. Dude, what's going on? Hey, hey, Mark. Good to see you. Good to be here. (laughs) Dude, but I'm being serious. You are a legend in these these here Uh parts. And and you know that you are. I mean, yeah, you're. But you're such a humble I, I wouldn't dude.
2: Use that word, but
0: I know you're such a <laughs> humble dude that you. I mean, you you've done so much for the metal scene over the years to in Louisville that while you yourself have had a pretty kick ass independent career, you've still stayed pretty grounded to where you are, your hometown and everything else. So the, it, it's just interesting how like how you've influenced other bands you know like mine for example like to to do the you know how do you do the weekend thing and then how do you build that weekend into a couple of weeks and and go from there yeah i watched you do it and and it's like well shit man brian's doing it and that's like kind of the blueprint
2: well you know it's i'd have to say around 92 I started. Um, I started going for it, and man, it's been about thirty years now—a little bit over thirty years, if you think about it. I guess right, thirty-one. Um, you know, I was always pushing something. You know, show, new album. So yeah, I mean, I've kind of, I've kind of been pretty headstrong with that since around ninety-two. Now that you mention it, right? I was thinking that the other day. It's been three decades of my about. 10 with 10 with my own victim and close to man it's 18 or so with Stonecutters.
0: Right. It's hard to believe. Uh, because what Stonecutters, we're looking here on Metal Archives, showing you guys from 2005. Yep, about 2005. So, um, wow.
2: So it's been about 18 years. Yeah, so when the, but as this is
0: dropping, you know, you're about to go into, you are into the 18th year of this band. and sure. You know, I'm not that far behind you with Overload, <laughs> which is cool,
2: but like... Time flies. It,
0: it does. It, it really like does. And, you know, my thing with it was when I I got another perfect day when I was probably about 26 or 27 years old, the Motorhead album. And there was a liner note in there from where Lemmy had said uh, that when Fast Eddie Clark had quit the band, he was 38 years old and he was too old to start over. So he just, he had to find somebody to replace him. He wasn't going to start all over with a whole brand new bunch of songs. He was going to continue on, as it were. Fuck him. You know, I was looking for a guitar player when I found this guy, kind of thing. And I've kind of lived that motto myself ever oh, yeah. since reading that. So that's why Overload has lasted the longest time out of my, in my life <laughs> next to the Metal Forge, just because it's like... Well, I'm too old to start over now.
1: Right, right.
2: (laughs) Do you you kind of feel that way sometimes? I don't know what else to really do. You know, it's kind of like I just love playing and writing music. You know, I I have gotten to this crossroads in my life. Um, You know, Danny Lilker is. Yeah, absolutely. brutal, Brutal Truth. Yeah, um, Numerous uh, other bands. I yeah, saw him in played in Anthrax. Uh, Anthrax, original bass player. I, I remember reading a quote um, when he turned 50. He said he's done touring. And it's kind of been hitting home here. I'm going to be 50 next year. I've really slowed that down. I don't want to say never say never. Right. Uh, if something great comes on, I want to do it. But But getting out there and living in the van, it's... Yeah, you don't want it's to do it your when yeah, you're fifty. Yeah, I mean, and I was, you know, I was forty five, going around playing some empty rooms, and I was like, man, this is this is starting to starting to get to me. I don't know if if I want to live in this van and play be be the old guy playing the empty room, you know. So I dig that. I really kind of slowed it down and made quality over quantity with the shows. I want to make them all count instead of just going out there and throwing it to the wind and seeing what happens right i, I want to take it even more serious and um we did put out the new album and you know i do want to push it and and we, we you know we're going to play a fest or two or lining up already for next year and uh we're you no know, we're playing shows and getting getting out there but um Hitting it so hard anymore at at fifty next year, I'm going to be like right. It's just like I want it to make it worth it, you know? right? And I feel Danny Loker on that one, man. And Danny Loker's much more popular than I am, obviously. So <laughs> if he's saying that at fifty, and I I'm don't just, know,
0: is he mu- is he much more popular than you are? I yeah, mean, God, yeah, I'm, I'm not, just sitting so. there saying because like you get you I'm can a have fan.
2: popular, or no
0: notorious.
2: I mean, I admire the guy for doing doing what he wants to do. I mean I saw him playing and like I was saying with blurring at Full Terrace all there, just like crazy noisy grind band. I mean right. he just he does what he wants to do, you know. Yeah. I admire and, and that. And why not? It's be- not about the money or the fame or anything for him. He just No, he just he... play music he's happy playing. Definitely. You know.
0: And I think that's ultimately where we all should be. Right. Because that's one thing that i've always hated about the whole metal culture in music is in the metal culture there's always those bands that have to feel like it's a competition or and it's not right there is no such thing as competition because everybody plays their own thing differently you know whether you have a power metal vibe that that you know comes across with it with I don't know like a death metal thing here and there. Everybody has their own thing, and every every band is their own band, and no two bands
2: are alike. True. So in that regard, you know, you do want to go up there and kick some ass. Yeah. Show you, everybody else what's up. You know, for sure. Absolutely. No,
0: and I totally agree with that, and I think everybody should do that, and you know, have fun and be cool with each other in the process. You know, right. unless somebody's a fucking nazi
2: or something fucking kick those yeah. motherfuckers when they're down but <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: but, but that's beside just, the point there's you
2: know? just so you're right there's so many different styles of music and i appreciate and a lot of things for what it is you know yeah you know? and
0: i am not that guy of the sub the genre sub genre sub guy right. because it's like i i hear metal and it's like okay definitely there this is way heavier And Mm -hmm. this is way heavier than that. Right. And this is the heaviest shit I've ever heard. But this is also heavy, but on a completely different level. True. Like, you know, there's bands like Vaughn that are heavy, that are heavy different than Stonecutter's Heavy. Right. You know, which uh, that's what I love about it. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about the whole melting pot of metal, I guess. True. I get that. So you are putting out a... Well, you are... Uh, having a a seven inch split uh coming out this is why we're here today to talk about this as well and we've already been in about ten minutes uh philosophizing <laughs> as the dude as ben stiller would say in in dodgeball philosophizing here um about uh metal and shit like that but you are actually putting out a seven inch split with bat wizard the. who is still eluding me in the louisville metal scene to come on the metal forge uh, vic and i have talked about it uh
2: the but i believe we're calling it the stone wizard the stone wizard split seven inch yeah two songs each band Hell yeah. Um, Tell me more about that. Well, you know, it was actually supposed to come out before the full-length album we just put out in September. Yeah, I was wondering and, about that. Because it does, that. I'm going to be honest here, it does feature two songs that are already on the full-length. So it's okay. supposed to be a teaser for the full-length, but can I cuss on here, right? Fuck yeah. Shit happens, <laughs> and it got delayed, and we we just really wanted to get the material out there we had the album ready we're just like we're gonna put it out there and then you know reagan stepped up and he um he put it he put the seven inch out for us and made it happen and it's it's got a little delay but the vinyl for the eye of the skull and the seven inch split are coming out at the same show okay cool so you're gonna have the eye of the skull vinyl available for the first time at a show we, we can't we went ahead and Threw it out there on the internet. You can get it on our band camp and stuff. Okay, cool. But, but well, yeah, uh, I definitely need to pick up a vinyl copy of it at that show. Yeah, both of them, the the, the I, I I pride myself on presentation. Yes, I do have to admit, it looks fantastic. Um, the full length and the seven inch, the art looks. I'm, I'm not really into throwing a bunch of photos of myself. I'd rather like have the art speak for me for for the band. And it looks strong. Um, Craig Horkey has done a lot of the Stonecutter's art in the past. He's done Blood Moon, Carved in Time album covers. He did the 7-inch cover. And, okay. Uh, it looks fantastic.
0: Definitely. And I've been seeing pictures of it on, on Facebook and stuff like that. And I'm excited for it. And Third House Communication, I believe they're yeah, called.
2: Yeah, Reagan. He's a local Louisville guy that um, he's really wanting to... To get more into putting out local music.
0: Well, actually, it's funny that you bring him up because I actually had sent him a message earlier mm-hmm. about coming on here in the next few weeks to to talk about his, his yeah. label. And because his idea for it has been really cool. And... I don't want to give away too much because I want him to tell the story, but I am super excited for it. And I am super excited for this actual release show because like I said, you know, it's, it's you guys and, and
2: bat wizard and, um, and you is,
0: guys go back way, way back together. Yeah,
2: Vic and I were joking around that we're on a record again because, <laughs> um, we are first, the first, Three, four, uh, my own victims were Vic and I. Were Vic saying and Vic and I traveled all over Europe together, and we played in front of enormous crowds in Europe in my own victim. It was really the best shows over in Europe. Were the best shows I ever played. I mean, there right. were a thousand plus a, a night, and it was fantastic. We were over there touring with Slapshot, Marauder, and Biohazard, and playing big metal fests over there. And um it was great times but yeah we're back on back back to doing a uh, on a record together and it's uh it's on splattered vinyl. Yeah, I saw beautiful. that. with uh, some like black and yellow and blue. Yeah, blue. It kind of and... it, it does complement the cover and the artwork really well and um I think we only made like 150 nice copies so I'm hoping to sell out of them pretty quick. Hell yeah.
0: I I know of a few other of of reagan's releases that are coming out here in the next uh, few like months also he's mentioned so. yeah i know of a few others he he and i were talking about it at the last metal forge uh live show uh featuring the hell you say those who speak evil and kiarn mm. uh back at, uh, back in december and we were talking about it and it was pretty cool he's he's a down-to-earth dude i'm glad he's uh, back in the scene and doing what he's doing, he's, and he's an old school hardcore metal, absolutely guy. Yeah, yep. And to be able to, like I said, to you know, just to be able to step up and say, "This is what I think I want to do. This is where I feel like I can make a difference." That shit kicks ass, and that's pretty much where I've stood with this show. You know, going into five years now is for me it's been that whole thing is this is where i feel like my voice is, this is where it comes from you know it's, no, it's talking to band- dudes like you and you mm-hmm. know spreading awareness and things of what you want to say you know you're going to be 50 this year and it's and and that's so i always talk about it because um <laughs> You know, we're not that far apart in age. You're a little bit older than I am. Uh-huh. So I totally get the, you know, the idea of wanting to slow down and maybe do specialized appearance things. And I wish, you know, and I commend that decision from you. Thank you. Because that takes a lot. Because there are some bands out there that can't do that. Right. And don't get me wrong. You know, playing for $150 or $300 is different than playing for a couple of million or a couple of hundred thousand a person, even, you know, but ultimately, I think everybody has to have that point where it's just like, okay, what am I, what am I doing? What do I want to do with this? Yeah. And would it suffice to continue playing shows or just putting out albums or what? You know, bands these days, bands these days can do anything
1: Mm -hmm.
0: because, I mean, you could play with anybody at this point. I mean, for real. I mean, well, anybody alive, I would say, but,
2: (laughs) you know, if you you had a bands like Leviathan that just released music, yeah, you know, and there's bands like that and i mean i hit it i hit it pretty hard especially there right before covid happened Um, yeah it was was a lot of touring yeah
0: speaking of which i want to i want to rewind back to that for a second because that is the funniest interview to listen to to on that show
2: interview at starbucks
0: yes Uh because they were so fucking obnoxious by the end of our interview, we're trying to wrap yes, up. I
2: think they were closing. In there, they right? were,
0: and they were like banging shit around in the kitchen, and it's giving hints. Like, yeah, giving hints like, "Come on, motherfuckers!" <laughs> and it was in. They didn't
2: stop us. We're like, no, we're, we're,
0: we're it. it's like fuck you. We're doing a thing here, and uh, but no, I I uh, interrupted. Continue. You were talking about, uh, you know, bands that just you know release music.
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought about going that route eventually. You know, I mean,
0: I mean, honestly, I love him to death, but I could honestly see Chris being down for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, Chris is a studio genius.
2: I mean, you know, he is—he's he's really fucking amazing well, in the studio. Got a whole studio in his basement, and right? He's been recording there, and he's been recording other bands for for a long time. Yeah yeah and he's really good at it and i kind of get where he he's really gets into that vibe and honestly he's he's ready to play out he's told me you know whatever you want to do he's he's down down for it right um johnny lives in danville it may it's it's about an hour and a half away right so that that but you know everybody seems you know that's why we slowed slowed down a little bit i mean we, we would practice and write and record and I want to keep it going, um, but we just got pickier with our shows. For sure.
0: And I mean, you know, Tucker uh, Thomason from the band uh, Throne of Iron, he has a great thing he says to bands. It is okay
2: to say no. Right. And a lot of bands think I never knew that before. I was just like, yes, you know, 25 yeah, five bucks, sure, we'll be there, you yeah. know, and then uh, oh, drink tickets, uh, fifty bucks and drink
0: tickets, yeah, sure, we'll do it. Uh, we with know, the it's never really been about the money, really. But, no, it never but. is. It's always about the. I, I when think it it's the well-balanced. You, yeah. You have to have a well-balanced aspect of it. It can't all be about party and it can't all be about business. You have to have the the both aspect to it. Right. But, you know, it is okay to say no because just because you don't feel something is right doesn't mean you have to at, jump on everything that comes your way. True. Because yeah. you end up spoiling the pool in a way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think everybody does that to a degree. And I think everybody has to learn that.
2: It's a little bit of maturity with it as well. Right. And,
0: And, you know, I've seen bands even in even on our town that it seemed like they jump on every bill for a time mm-hmm. and it's just like wow they're playing again wow they're playing again and I, my band has been that band before too so i'm gonna i know how that goes
2: yeah. <laughs> and but there is there there is there's always that band that's always there i feel like we've gotten a bit of established where we don't need to say yes to everything and i want it to be special you know when we right. play a it, show we it wanna, does need to be want it to really count for sure. And you know, really like local I'm down to like a one or two shows a year. Right. You know, that I just don't want to burn it out and we do have a new album out, so it's like I I want to play a bit and push this thing and well, get some yeah. product.
0: And I think that's ultimately the the idea of doing weekend shows is really where it's at I think for for my personal Jay's- experience
2: that plays bass with us, Jason on right. bass. He's also in She. Yes. And, and Crown of Serpents. Yes. And, um, you know, She does the weekend thing. Yes. And it kind of really is working to their advantage, I feel like. You know, they they work their day jobs, and then they go out, and, you know, we're a good centrally located spot. We can get to Indianapolis, Cincinnati in less than two yeah, hours. For sure. We We ran up to Chicago, had a great show in Chicago. You know, it's like five hours. We've, mm-hmm. we've done Indianapolis, since Nashville, and, uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Detroit. You're getting around a three to five to six hour deal. St. Uh, like Louis is to, about four and mm-hmm. a half hours. You don't have to kill yourself to to play music. Exactly. Where we are, you know? Yeah,
0: and and you know, you can shift drive if you needed to on the way back if you're not staying the night at these places. Right. And and it's absolutely fun. And that is one thing that I do love about where we are is we could anybody could do a technically do a week tour and still you know basically be home to go to work the next day if you wanted to
2: True.
0: play metal monday <laughs> here uh, uh at highland's tap room and on monday's that's, well, no, for sure. Uh, and then play in Indianapolis on a Tuesday, and who knows, whatever. Yeah, and still come
2: back because it's it's doable. Play Lexington one day. I mean, I I do commend bands to get out there. I've been there, and it, it could be hard and fun and good and bad, and it has its ups and downs. But you know, I'm just it's just that me at my age and and being older, it's it it makes more sense to. To not kill myself to do it. For sure. You know? And I'm and I'm down with that.
0: So when you did go on tour, how did you sit there and say, okay, this has got to change? When did you change on tour to go from let's say of mm. crashing at somebody's house into to the gig, and then going to say, okay, we're I want to go to a museum. I want to see some of these yeah. fucking places. That when did that change stuff, for you?
2: I, I enjoy that part, getting out and doing it. You know, I just felt like I, I'd slept on every floor across the USA. <laughs> um, and we went out to California four or five times and back, and. um New, I'd be honest. New York was not never great to us. There were certain spots that it was it was really hit and miss. Right. I really liked going out and and doing the shows we did with Guar and Goat Whore. Um, we did a little um, few shows with Macab. Right. I really liked them. We did a weekend with Demolition Hammer. Right. And it was awesome. And. I really liked doing that a lot. You know, going out by ourselves, it was rough. Right, because you're planning everything. Yeah, we're doing it all, and, you know, obviously the turnouts aren't going to be as good when we're by ourselves going out, as opposed to, like, piggybacking off the bigger bands, which I really enjoyed doing, which which was helpful for us. Right. You know, to go out and, and have an audience there already. And, um, I don't know. It was a lot of ups and downs. I mean, it was good and bad and we, you know, we did some good tours on our own. We did some awful tours on our own. Right. Um, it was just such a, oh yeah. I mean, an, it's,
0: it's such a hit or miss business. It is. I mean, and with the, with promotion. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got the, if you're, if you've only got locals on the show, I mean, you're really doing a 50, 50 shot there because you only know from what you've heard from the guys. Right. Or, or or the people I should say in the band,
3: right.
0: um. So yeah, it's totally a hit or miss thing, and that's the other thing too. Is you used to be the go to guy here in town about what to find metal wise because you used mm. to work in a record store. I worked at your
2: Ecstasy for seven years,
0: and you used to be from what from what I always remember. It's like if if there was something obscure that you needed to know about.
2: Talk to Brian.
0: That's uh, yeah. what everybody.
2: That's what what everybody said. Talk. Hey, go talk to Omer at Ear Ecstasy. I was the metal guy at Ear Ecstasy, and um, I don't know. as I was deep into into it? You know, I still am. But um, I mean, that's. I mean, that's back when people bought music. You know, it's it's well, people a, still buy music. Right, streaming, it's it's different. I mean, it, I think Spotify and stuff is really well. I think if you have, if,
0: I think if you have a centralized store like if you have a metal store I think you would sell more metal music uh, rather than a a, a, don't get me wrong I love brick and mortar record stores no matter what Mm -hmm. but you know when you're having to sell fucking 14,000 Taylor Swift copies versus fucking 150 fucking copies of Exodus or some shit you know what I'm saying?
2: Monies and he's in the Taylor Swift. I, yeah, I exactly.
0: It. And Now, but actual metal record stores are out there. You know, Catacomb in Dayton
2: is a great one. Uh, What's just, the one in Indianapolis the Doug guy owns? Um, um, I, can't even I can't think of it. Uh, so, but
0: we'll come back to that. But anyways, you know what I'm saying. So doing stuff like that versus... Uh, I think that would be a cool fucking thing. And... You know, I mean, it, get into it like the the Brian Omer fucking vault.
2: I mean, people, I would try to help people with shows, but now it's kind of just the Metal Monday thing. i really mm-hmm. booking. And, um, I kept all, I mean, I tell you what, 2023 was great for it. I had it all, um, up until like right now, it's kind of just. It, winter time it's well
0: yeah it down. always seems to this time to year, quote of. i don't want to say die off at winter but it always seems like about the middle of december to about the middle of january right um you know a lot of people around here it starts to get cold it starts to get into the into the
2: up until this point though the last two with um redivider and mutilatrid and the municipal waste guys black metal band mm-hmm. uh, morbicus i think yeah. it's called yeah um, those are insane, packed, and just crazy and awesome, and it's it's like I guess I'm gonna keep it going, and because it's it's kind of thriving. Well, yeah, you know, and so. I mean, that's the cool thing too. Is like it can
0: do some great things. It does yeah. do great things. It, I mean, you know, it's Monday, a staple. It's a staple in this town. For it Monday, really is.
2: Touring bands and local bands, that love it. Because it's, I mean, it's normally a good turnout. The 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 people that show up are really really receptive to the bands. Right. They, they they're hungry for it. I've had people hit me up like, when, when's the next one? What's happening right now? And I'm like, well, it's gonna uh, take in lives and um, I think New Spare January 29th. It starts back up then. Okay. So it's not it's not done. I mean, it's it's going on every Monday, but no bands and. But um, I mean, yeah, for Monday, that's great, and I still like doing that booking the metal Good. Mondays. And, and I mean, you know, it does. I'm sure
0: at some point too, it it helps out no matter what, whether it's a that possibility of say, hey, there is that band that you helped out with a metal Monday gig that is in Cincinnati, and you say, hey, would there be a possibility to come back to? And, and do a Cincinnati gig. I get that because hey, it that's how the that's how the music scene is. Mm-hmm. We all are out there to help each other.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, and that's how touring is I mean we all do the show trade thing, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least I do. I mean I try to help people out with giving them shows. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um before we switch over to derailed um derailed which is the five random questions segment. Um, Eye of the Skull just recently came back out or came out I September, should say
2: September we did the big release show in September just Right, got 10 songs Um, Tim Lehigh does my tattoos he did my back piece and insanely awesome tattoo artist he did the artwork for it uh, I'm really happy with it. Everybody seems to think the cover's great. It is.
0: I do like it. Um, be- dude, but that's one thing that I'm going to say that you've pretty much always had. I think you've always... Like you said, you presentation matters to you. Yes. I think, artistically, stonecutters have always had really good
2: album covers. Yeah, I want to make sure that is always a thing with this band. You know? Because I, you know, I don't want to be arrogant and throw a bunch of pictures, like I said, a bunch of photos... You know, a little bit of band photos, but I would rather have the art kind of speak for us. For sure. I like like doing it that way.
0: Um, Well, yeah, because everybody, I think, out there who is into metal is into metal based on the artwork, too. yeah. Yeah. Because I know whether it have been... Annihilator or Kiss or you know, even Ted Nugent. I mean. Yeah. And I hate to hate to bring him up, but you know, there is that cover of Cat Scratch Fever or uh uh what is it, Scream Dream where his arms are fucking the guitars and shit like mm-hmm. that. That's just so wild and crazy artwork that you're you know, and then you get into the obvious people like Slayer and bands like that. Right. But but yeah, I totally dig the
2: I like keeping the band a bit of a mystery with that and having the art kind of just speak for it and mm-hmm. be a, be a visual thing like that. And, and with that said, um 10 songs on there and we do a we do a death cover on the physical copies. Right. Um I'll go ahead and say it. we do within the mind of spiritual healing. Um and we we pulled out an old human remains song i wrote when i was in 92 i think it's an instrumental planet chaos okay and the other eight songs are brand new definitely and um it's a little bit over half hour long it's not super long songs are all about three or four minutes
0: hey and that's where it should be that's where it should be i mean it should to me i like an album that that doesn't sit there and it, it doesn't get long in the tooth and it doesn't have ni- uh, 19 repeats of the same part. And right. and um, before we started rolling, you were talking about a band that I try not to mention on the show and um, because they get so much press any other time. That's uh, Malika. God damn it,
2: dude. <laughs> Logo wise, visual. No,
0: no. I mean, format. they just get so much other press. I try not to mention them on the show. But, uh. Kind of Cliff Burton era. But no, what I was going to say, what, where, where, was, where was I going with that? About. I can't remember where I was going
2: with it now. Well, um. Definitely, um. Definitely pick up. Check out Eye of the Skull. on. you know, we've got it on the Bandcamp yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And, for
0: sure. And I'm looking at it right now. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and switch over to derailed here Uh this is five random questions all about brian as a person Uh you know not they can be whatever music related they could be like they're just life related questions
2: i stretch out for this one or anything yeah sure
0: (laughs) have you ever traveled anywhere just for the food
2: hmm i mean how far talking about anywhere have say man
0: i really want this fucking chicago hot dog and you just are like you know what let's go to chicago this weekend but the ulterior motive was to get that hot dog
2: um i you know when i when i visited certain places there's been like a taco stand i've got to go to that i've been to before chicago pizza Place, you know, nothing's really ringing too much for. me. I'm a big, honestly, I'm a big cashmere in Louisville fan. Okay, I, like, I love Indian food. Okay, and I like it as spicy as possible. And um, chicken tiki masala, cashmere's kind of. <sighs> so I would have to go with that. So that's not really traveling too far. I can probably find something in any town that that I would love. But um yeah, I, I like good food for sure. For sure. My wife is actually actually a really good cook, so I scored there. She's makes chicken tiki masala at home now, and and um, about just as good as cashmere. Uh.
0: Uh oh. Uh oh. Hopefully on. she's not listening. She definitely makes it better than cashmere.
2: <laughs> I tell her she does. I mean, it's right there. <laughs> it's, they're both pretty phenomenal. Right. I mean, she's a, she's excellent like that. Uh,
0: have you have you ever been outside of like? I know you've tried uh, you've toured in Europe. Uh, but have you ever just went, like,
2: for vacation purposes or anything? Um, we're talking about doing that next year. We got our passports, and I think we're going to go to Canada first. Okay. We're going to go to the, the Canada side of of Niagara Falls. Right, right. And, and um, I don't know. I really want to take her to Europe. And, you know, I've always wanted to play there again. It's it, it's kind of a sad story a bit with, with the Stonecutter's
0: unplugged.
2: Oh, man, that would be... Uh, unplugged. That, uh, yeah, come on. <laughs> that
0: would, dude. You could
2: do it, like Nirvana here. No, oh, no fucking I'd pull it off, dude. You could buy, do the, it. The vocals would be a little weird, uh, acoustic style. But you know, I've always wanted to go back to Europe, and um, like I said, those are like my my favorite shows. Really, I mean, it was just incredible to play over there to those crowds. Right. And um, I want to take her over there and show her Germany and and Holland and. I really, I really liked Holland a lot and in England, and um, I don't know. I spent six months of my life touring over there, and it was, it kind of, it kind of, I hate it because uh, we kind of were getting bigger and bigger over there, and we got into it a bit with our record label, Century Media, right? And we kind of gave them some demands that they didn't want to give us, and we got to this point where we got pretty big over there, and then we never went back. And it kinda of bums me out. We always you when know, I see the guys at Mild Victim, we always talk about that how how we had such big things we were headed for and and around ninety nine was our last tour over there, I think we never got to go over there in the two thousands again. Like I felt like we should have. Right. And the band ended up disbanding, people have families and um and I started doing stone cutters. Right.
0: How does your mental health Struggle manifest on you physically?
1: Mm.
2: Well, I actually work out and stuff, so if anything's bothering me, I just kind of... So so the, the the
0: stress is there and, and, badass, but and, and but lifting weights or running or doing your thing? Running, yeah. yeah I, I thought cardio. you were a runner, yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a runner and I've got this little routine I've been doing now. My wife is... Um, She's like a girl wrestler now, so I'm trying to keep up with her. She works out every day pretty hard, and and um,
0: as in it like ha- it helps. Pro wrestler?
2: Me. I mean, I'm I'm exaggerating, but she could. I mean, she looks fantastic, and I'm trying to keep up with her.
0: No, like. I- so you're exaggerating. She's not really a wrestler. She's not really wrestler. Oh, she damn. Just, I thought it was going to be like she, Jesse Dynamite <laughs> or something, you know.
2: Uh, <laughs> I won't say for her there. But, yeah, she's huh? tough. My, my wife is tough. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I want to be tough with her. So um, her and I talk through things, I guess I should say, too. And, okay. Uh, yeah. She helps me out a lot. She's there for me. So, I don't know. We confide in and stuff. So I guess that's how I deal with it. Well yeah, I mean
0: I, I get that and that that that's awesome because everybody has their own thing and you know and I think it's a lot of thing in music is a lot of people you know, we talk about it but we never really like you know, we never really talk about it. We we write it out in song I guess is what I'm trying to say.
1: But like when it comes
0: to interview stuff,
2: I don't think we actually ask about a lot of that stuff. I do let things get bottled up and um, I'll talk to her about things, but um, I kind of put a lot of my frustrations out on this new album. I feel like it's definitely our angriest and I had a lot to say, you know, we've been through COVID. I went through a bunch of band drama that a lot of people know about. And um, instead of, Letting it bottle up or anything, I just kind of put it in the lyrics. I did put it in the lyrics, and, right? And um, it was a bit of—I um, don't know—it helped. It um, helped me move forward, and um, and it was a way of dealing with it, and it made me feel better, really. Instead. Definitely, yeah. And I mean,
0: that's awesome because the the cathartic aspect of being able to write it out, you know. So, based on that, do you ever get to the point where you've done that before and say there's a song that you no longer want to play because you're not in that headspace of the same way you wrote it, so it doesn't feel the same?
2: No. No, I think I can sing everything that I've put down in, in words. Okay. Yeah, I feel comfortable. Okay. Um
0: because I've been that guy. I'm
2: mean, like right. I don't feel that way anymore.
0: So right. it's hard for me to do it because I didn't like the person that I was. So I wrote it out and now it's like kind of just like but I hated that person that I was when I wrote that. Cuz like if it was like a really scathing song like where I called somebody a motherfucker mm-hmm. in so many words. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh yeah. So I mean there's a let the past be the past thing and I get that too, but um nothing I feel like I can't repeat and sing about and for sure I feel okay with it all I feel comfortable just singing about it still fine Hell with yeah it. uh jaws or Jurassic Park Jurassic Park really yeah yeah I don't know I mean it, jaws is good I did watch it the second third one are horrible I'm kind I'm a kind of I'm, I'm a Dinosaur guy, really? Okay. I mean, that's so a the the sharks
0: don't get you. you. Do you go to the ocean? They do freak me out a bit. Do they? Yeah. Sharks. Do you, Do you swim in the ocean?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, seeing these shark attacks do kind of scare me a bit. But I would I would get in there. I'm not too scared. The chances are slim. So, but you know, I've got dinosaur tattoos, quite a few, really, on me. Uh, pterodons and. T-Rexes and fossils. and I, That's interesting. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, right here on my arm, we've got this T-Rex, and he's kind of running into fossils like he's going into extinction. But behind him are, are pterodons and and um, volcanoes and stuff and ribs there. He just had a little snack. Hell but, yeah, uh, dude. <laughs> uh, so King what- Kong. I'm a big King Kong. The original 1933. Yeah. Hong Kong. Um, yeah, you were admiring uh, The Bride on my wall in the I'm living room. a big room. Universal horror fan. Absolutely. I like Hammer, too. I just saw Curse of the Werewolf. God, man, that's, that werewolf, and it it's phenomenal. looking. he looks so good. And I like Lon Chaney Jr.'s um, Wolfman. Hell yeah. Universal, and I've got A Bride of Frankenstein tattoo, and sci-fi and horror, a bit of my thing. I like the older stuff as opposed to the slashers. Okay. Right. Okay. But uh, it stops at about 80s for me. I like the CGI new stuff. I'm, I did see the new Godzilla minus 1. It was awesome.
0: Yeah. See, I uh I like the original Universal stuff like the the 30s and 40s, you yes. know, the the mummy and mm-hmm. uh oligo Yeah, and Dracula, Lon Chaney, you know, Karloff. Wolfman, Karloff, yeah. all of that stuff. I I love all of that. Um all the way up into the, you know, the, the 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s. All of the, you know, start of the real trash era. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when, like, most horror was, like, unrated or or almost considered X-rated because of the blood and shit like yeah. that.
2: Um, well, I just watched Psycho the other day, and it's right. very li- very little blood. Yeah, but God, God, man, it's so creepy. Anthony Perkins is just oh, it's... it's yeah, so, still is to this that day. Movie is you know, it's and then the psycho 2, They kind of tried to add all this gore, and it it kind of jumped up. And nice that's twenty five years later, right? I believe there, and it just I didn't like it as much. I like the black and whites. I will say my favorite actor that will never be topped is Lon Chaney. I just I know a lot of people. Don't go back to the silent film, but Phantom of the Opera, Hunchback, and Notre, Notre Dame, and um, London After Midnight. It's to me that is just because they couldn't talk. It's all in this motion, you know. Right, if it's all look, the imagery. If you if you if you can find any Elon Cheney documentary, just to see his history. His, his parents were deaf, so he was like all about. Right. His skills with his hands and there were no you know, there's silent films and you watch them and it's just it's just you can't top that, I don't think. I mean, Brad Pitt is not gonna not gonna do <laughs> right. that. Right. <laughs>
1: Hell
0: no. Definitely. So twenty years from now, okay, okay I'm gonna be seventy. You're gonna uh-huh. be seventy. Say you're still making music. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Are you still are you still making
2: stone cutters music? Um I don't know. We'll see. I can, I I don't have a crystal ball with that one. You know, it's with my vocal style. I don't really see it. You know, I I feel like you know, I feel like it's getting a little harder to do live for me, I'll be honest. Um, you know, we play headliners these past two times I'm doing an hour set. And um it's it's a lot of Ugh, right, you know, real guttural, yeah, real guttural, and you know, my favorite singers are like Blaine from The Accused, and I'm pretty sure he's still doing it, right. And you know, I mean, Mike from my Hate Gods get up there and puking and all that stuff, and and um, with the vocal style—that's why I'm kind of leaning more towards the recording because I can do it on the albums, but. You know, you you watch like Megadeth now, and I love Dave Mustaine, but he's sound a little rough these days. Well, yeah, but you know? let's face
0: it, though. If you've ever seen any live video of them, even from the beginning, the vocal performance has always been lackluster. Yeah. I think I'm, so. I, don't remember I him think
2: like I mean, I know he had I, throat surgery he had I, cancer. And well, yeah, cancer. but
0: I think even before that because I saw him before that even. He still like he always mumbled through his through his vocals. Yeah.
1: there was a new way. I mean, the you know, I mean, that's
0: you know, you that's kind of how doing he, it, how doing he it for did for like
2: it. an hour or two and it can um you know that night after night, it'll kind of wear on your vo- voice.
0: I know, and I, I probably shouldn't give him any shit.
2: But I mean, there's there's worse. Like man, uh, like the Bon Jovi. Um, oh man, it, he's he's way worse than Vince Neil. I think. Uh, right. I don't know if you've heard that the Bon Jovi stuff lately, I mean, actually, I saw Vince Neil at the fair. I shouldn't say this, but uh, he actually sounded pretty good. I didn't really. I was wait waiting for the train wreck.
0: Well, I think and, that's a. Um, I think that's a tape, honestly. Was it? I don't know. It I like think the. I, it out. No, he I think the. Uh, Crew songs. I think the Motley Crew stuff when he's playing with Crew is a tape. It's
2: it's pre. It's all pre. I think it's all voice. pre-recorded. Yes. I because I
0: saw somebody. Uh, I saw a video from the uh, like the 2008 tour where it was like the farewell tour or something that they had done, mm-hmm. and he it sounded the exact same. It was just, just as bad. Oh wow. And but I've heard other people say it on when he's doing the solo stuff, he sounds bad, but nowhere near
2: as bad as as he far is, as the '80s career. rockers Bon Jovi and Don Dokken, you know. <laughs> and these are guys that not not a big Bon Jovi guy, but Dokken I was kind of into. is a George Lynch when I was a kid, right? And um, I listen to him now, and I'm like, I don't want to be that guy, right? You know, especially Dokken now. Right. Yeah, because no he's. George, Don's Don sounding really rough. And,
0: yeah, and plus his, like, uh, his mouth is it's really. Like he's kind of
2: just talking it or something. He's, yeah,
0: he's. He, apparently he said that he was not going to be present for some fucking festival that he wasn't even booked for. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And they sit there and said, with all due respect to uh don you were not even asked to play (laughs) (laughs) um i have one more question but before we do as always links are listed below so please give a like a share and a follow go buy merch go see these
2: guys live can i plug the um stonecutters dot absolutely because as i said links are listed below that's where to find our stuff um I mean, Facebook, Instagram, yeah, uh,
0: Stonecutters. Bandcamp. dot com.
2: Uh, do you That's have any shout-outs you want to give to anybody today?
1: Um,
2: I hope everybody had a good holiday, and um, I appreciate you having me, Mark. Hell and, yeah, um, man! Anytime, you know that. I I love the metal community in Louisville and abroad, and um, you know, I I hope everybody checks out the new album. I'm really stoked on the way it turned out. Um, well, it was definitely
0: on my uh, September album picks. Right for uh, I remember you had me 20- tell
2: me, me you liked it and you were gonna play. Yeah, it tough, and we so. and
0: we did that. You know, that was hell yeah, man. I mean, like I said, it hit the spot. It's a, it's a, it's definitely a one sitting album, which you know some albums can get really bad about that mm-hmm. and. Um, and that's what I like about it is I can just sit there and throw it in and say drive to my brother's house who lives half an hour away, and
2: listen to it on the entire way there. I feel like our albums, you know, they have they always have like uh, certain clean guitar parts. Right. Really kind of we break it down and then we'll do some crazy solos and it's really got a lot of flow to it. I feel like you know it's not just kind of. Rah rah, rah rah on your head. It's not like a cannibal corpse album or something. Right. Where it's just pound, pound, pound. It does we get a little pink Floydy at times. And you know, I love neurosis and 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 stuff like that where, you know, you got some we get slow and fast. Right. I like to think you know, I I kinda like to think it was like a Sabbath meets slayer kind of thing. You I know, can see that. Yeah. You know, it gets doomy, we get we have some Acousticy parts and we yeah. were fast, and, and you've—I I can songs. sense some of the hardcore scene in there too. Yeah, I like the some like of the, the old school hardcore. Yeah, where it's just you know it's got the D beat ish da na Yeah, I like um, I still like that part of it all. You know, so I try to incorporate that and make it work. Definitely, you know? and, and, and it, it seems to work for us in our advantage Hell yeah, man! That's been a big stone part of Stonecutter sound. I feel is the diversity of the, the songs for sure. So, dude,
0: Brian, my final question of the day: mm-hmm. If you could switch bodies with any person <laughs> for twenty four hours, who would it be, and what is the first thing you would do as that person,
2: living or, or
0: dead? Well, it says you can, it doesn't really say that. So I would have to say, I would say living because depending on some people, you might be either never found John Denver, uh, Uh, or, uh, maybe that would be cool. Maybe you could switch bodies with John Denver and he's living in the fucking Pacific Northwest somewhere (laughs) just off the fucking grid. Uh, but no, like I would say living. Yes. Living,
2: okay. Gosh, I mean, I was thinking of like dead people that I admire. That you know, it seems like you know, I don't know. Everybody has their things on Pantera. I personally like them, um, but you know, Bag would be an awesome guy to oh yeah, live vicariously through. Seen yeah, to, have to have a great li-
0: uh, live a day in his life. Yeah. a twenty-four hour day that's of party his. with all the
2: other rock stars and and um, you know, he was a bit of uh, the Eddie Van Halen. I feel of. of Of our generation um hot take is i am not a van halen fan not a van halen fan wow at all Uh, really i am i love some uh
0: david lee roth sammy Hagar. neither neither really uh uh, who's the other the other guy uh gary sharon yes gary sharon um no not a fan of any of them this is just not, dude.
2: I what mean, about the um. Gosh, I'm gonna bring up a sore subject. What What about the Pantera thing? Ah, oh, come on, man. We've talked about don't that. Talk on. about this. We've talked okay. about that on here
0: till it's. I uh, mean, I don't care it, at this point. You know, b- people are gonna bicker. People are gonna fight. People are gonna do what they do. Yeah. I'm, I mean, you know, it's it. Is it Phil whitewashing his history at this point? <laughs> is it? is it all about the money? Is it all about Rex? Is it, you know, because the rumors are out there. It's like, oh, Rex apparently had cancer and they were doing it for him for a last hurrah for him. And then they're like, well, is it Phil? Because Phil's whitewashing his history with the whole white power thing. Hmm. It's like, is it? And then there's, then they're fighting about, oh, would the brothers have, would have done it. Uh, Vice versa, had one of them had Vinny still been alive, or or what is they all doing it for for the everybody, cat, the everybody, money?
2: Everybody's besides me, I guess. I mean, you know, It seems to be all for, but I just to me it was the brothers band.
0: I get that, but I mean, you know, that's one thing that I really did like about the Gibson interview with Rex is it really lent a lot to the history of that band. Dude, Brian, thank you so fucking much for yeah, coming into Metal Forge I, I this can week. I
2: babble this stuff for hours.
0: I, I know, know, me what. too, dude. Uh, on our way out today, from the new album, Eye of the Skull, what do you want to play? From the album? Yeah.
2: um, The title track. Fuck yeah, you heard him. This is Eye of the Skull. Yep. We good? Yeah. All right, that went pretty well. Nice.
1: Reality receding as the rain and sun beat down. Bury us deeper, deeper in the ground. Nails and scalp. your soul And take control Forever we
3: or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats. They're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now.
1: BigCartel.com
0: What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the
3: paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring
0: first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. hey let me tell you guys about mercenary press they're an independent london label and distributor of all things metal mercenary press delivers the goods from their own independent zine trust me you're gonna want to get in on that to distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE10 to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana is the premier 12,500 square foot music superstore that has served both southern Indiana and Louisville, Kentucky metro area for over four decades. Originally founded by Marvin and Beverly Maxwell in the 70s, this gym remains a Maxwell family owned business. Mark Maxwell, along with his business partner Whitney McNichol, continued the reputation as being the national resource for all things music. In 2022, the iconic Guitar Emporium of Louisville relocated to Maxwell's Music, creating the largest independently-owned showroom in the region. The retail offerings at Maxwell's Music
2: includes a huge selection of guitars, basses, Amplifiers, effects pedals, modeling amps, keyboards, drums, banjos, mandolins, ukuleles, sound systems, stage lighting equipment, and accessories. The music education program at Maxwell's is second to none. From private instrument and voice
0: lessons to DJ, EDM, recording, songwriting, and music theory, to rock school weekend warriors and maxwell's music lab there is something for every age and every ability level down in repair land guitar and instrument repairs and refurbishment are taken care of by the maxwell's team of expert guitar technicians and luthiers they also do appraisals of instruments as well Maxwell's offers installations for professional audio, visual, and lighting systems for schools, churches, clubs, VFWs, funeral homes, sports fields, and so much more. There's also rentable space at Maxwell's, from the music practice and rehearsal rooms for the individuals and bands, all the way to a meeting space and concert venue that seats up to 120. That also includes a professional audio, visual, and lighting system and a sound booth. Maxwell's has it all. All this plus original functioning 1947 recording booth to make your own record. Go to the Guitar Hero throne, to the very own Elvis statue, and don't forget the Harmony Green Pocket Park. There's a reason. The Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana has been recognized by the National Association of Music Merchants as a number one award-winning best store design as well as top 100 music store year after year. You gotta see it to believe it. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana.